0: It is another super warm day in the Netherlands, almost 30 degrees Celsius. This is too hot for this time of the year, but I guess that a lot of places in the world are currently suffering from all these weird things going on in our climate. There are two things that you can do. You can complain, you can resent the situation, you can let it take over control of your life. Or you can say, well, this is not in my control. I have no influence on this, but what can I do? And that is what I want to talk about today. About control, about influence, and about everything else. Let's go for a walk. Today I'm not at home. I'm actually in a small town called Zeddam in the eastern part of my diocese. This is not far from the German border. It's gorgeous here. It's a beautiful environment, a lovely old town lots of people on bikes exploring the area tourists and also the people that live here and i am here uh for a special occasion every year we come together with our fellow priests and we have a very big diocese and so we're all over the place but once a year we get together to to talk and to just uh, celebrate the fact that we're all part of the team as it were and uh And I get to explore all these places in my diocese that I've never visited before. And uh, I have to say that I'm very, very impressed by how lovely this part of the country is. In uh, a lot of these uh, smaller towns, you still have the church as one of the uh, primary buildings. And uh, this is a very Catholic region with lots of Catholic churches, like this one. So this is the church of St. Oswald dates back to the year 1100, and the chapel is open, so let's take a look inside. All day long, when the church is open, people can enter into this chapel and light a candle next to this icon of the Virgin Mary. And I always like it when churches offer that possibility, that whenever you feel that you need some extra help, there's a place where you can for that help and for that that assistance and it is, I think, a very soothing way to handle situations where you feel overwhelmed and powerless. It's good to know that you're not alone. The life of the Virgin Mary and also that of her son have always been characterized by trust, by faith. You have to have faith and What they always do is to inspire others to have that same faith. And over here you've got some beautiful reliefs with a certain number of Bible stories that illustrate that faith. Here, for instance, you see the scene of the gospel where uh, Joseph and Mary find Jesus at the temple in Jerusalem. They had been searching for him for three days. They must have been so scared. And then Jesus is acting all surprised, like, but didn't you know that I... I had to be here. And Mary did not understand, but she had to trust that God had a bigger plan for her son than she could imagine herself. And here we see a story where Jesus is approaching some of his apostles, and they are fishing. So this could either be the moment that he calls them to follow him, or much later on, when he asks them to put out their nets on the other side of the boat to go into deeper water, and then they catch way more fish than they ever thought they would. Again, it's a depiction of the faith that they must have in the directions that Jesus gives them, because he knows the bigger plan. And then finally here, it's a beautiful depiction of Pentecost, where the Virgin Mary is shown amidst the apostles praying And then from the heavens, the Holy Spirit comes down on them. This is the moment that Jesus announced he is no longer there, but he sends them a helper to be with them. And their hearts are filled with fire. But again, it it starts with trust. It starts with an open heart and patiently wait for God's plan to realize itself. It's it's really beautiful um, and, and so important as a reminder that there are so many things in life that you cannot control and for a large part our our stress our anxiety our fears stem from the fact that we feel that we have to control what we cannot control and uh, this morning when we were talking with one another uh, as priests of course we exchange uh, the latest news and how it's going in everyone's parish and then of course, it's the same story almost everywhere in our diocese. Uh, it's slipping away. People are no longer engaged. Uh, they're not committed to their local communities anymore. A lot of the volunteers are getting older and older, and the younger generation is almost entirely absent. And as a result, of course, especially now that the economy is in, 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 in such a dire situation, And we're dreading already the costs of having to heat these churches for all these small groups of people. It seems to be that there is another acceleration coming where we may have to close even more churches. And for the past 10, 15 years, it seems that that's all we've done, is to kind of reduce, help help the church to become smaller and to slim down. And of course, that is... That is frustrating, especially for younger priests that have given their life to following Christ, but then they're fishing without catching anything. And then, of course, intellectually, spiritually, you know that you have to trust. But when the situation just lasts and lasts and, 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 and doesn't seem to get any better, no matter how much you pray and how hard you work, you start to lose a little bit of that faith or that patience. And, and that's a, an important moment where you have to realize that God's plan may actually take centuries to unfold. Wow, look at that. Speaking of centuries, this is one of the oldest windmills in the country. This dates back to the 15th century. It's a tower windmill. Here it says that already in the 8th century, uh, monks had started to evangelize here in this this part of the country, which at the time wasn't a country yet. And they were building churches everywhere. And then, of course, also uh, the, the whole power distribution changed and uh, people started to claim land, build their fortresses. And uh, and and then this area, because of all those changes, developed into a very prosperous part of northwestern Europe. This is one of the things I love so much about living in Europe: is that you you are constantly reminded of the fact that history is so much older and and so much bigger than your little life is, um, which is very important, I think, to uh, to keep in mind when. When we ponder about the future, we always, at least, I, let, let, let me speak for myself, I, I often have this impatience. I, I feel that that I, I want to see the result of all this hard work right here and now, preferably during my lifetime. Um, whereas if you look at the history in general and the history of the church, oftentimes uh, things change over the course of many centuries. The church has changed over the course of many centuries, and so it it, it shows us that um, it's not all about us, even though we'd love to to think so. But sometimes we're just a tiny cog in the in the greater mechanics, you could say, of the changes in in history. But at the same time, we are called to live in. Our times we have to somehow deal with the the things that work in our lives and that we're happy about but we also feel that stress of unrealized dreams of plans that don't come together with things that go wrong or just fail and it's not even always our fault so how do you deal with that Um, the other day I was uh, I was watching something on TikTok, I think, or maybe on Instagram. It was a short video that explained it very well. And it said um, that oftentimes we, 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 we feel this stress because we want to control the world. Let's be honest. Imagine that this, this is the world in which you live. And you are this, this tiny dot. Then... What we would like to do, and what we often stress about, is how can we control all of this? Not realizing that we're only so small. And in fact, if you think about it, within this world, we do have an area of control. We do have a small circle of all the things that we actually can control. Um, How we live our lives, the choices that we make, the things that we do with our money who we connect with, who our friends are, um, how we choose to develop ourselves, how to nurture our health and and make sure that we make the most of, of what we can control. But then around this circle of direct control, there is a bigger circle of things that we are not able to control immediately, but it's our sphere of influence. And the moment that you start to think that the sphere of influence should be under your control, or let alone the world should be under your control, that's where stress happens, that's where you get in, in, in trouble. Because of course, that doesn't work. However, if you, if you take good care of your circle of control, that will actually start to have an impact on the people and the events that you connect with. It will start to influence them. It may not change everything, but it may inspire people. So they make their own choices. They may follow your example. Uh, For me, kind of realizing that I'm just this, this is my circle of control. This is what I am responsible for and should work on. And then the circle of influence is what you hope your own choices will start to have an impact on. And the rest, you just have to let it go. This is actually something that Jesus himself consistently does when he tries to change the world into the kingdom of God. He always makes it very personal. When he walks up to the apostles, the first time he sees them on the beach, he doesn't tell them, hey, I need to change the world, and uh, here's my plan, and I need you to help me with that. No, he makes it super simple. Um, and, And he knows that you cannot change anything unless you first change yourself. And so the first thing he asks his apostles is not, do you want to change the world? No, he's like, do you want to come with me? Do you want to follow me? And come and see. See what I do. See the changes that are happening through the choices that I make. The miracles that my love is... is." Uh, is creating in this world and maybe that will inspire you to do the same. And so it's always, it starts with that small area of control that Jesus deliberately keeps small even though he's the son of God. He could, being God himself, change everything and end everything, but he doesn't because he knows that we wouldn't be able to follow him in that. Instead, he wants us to make these these first changes in our own circle of control in in, in our own lives and thereby hopefully convert, change the, the path of other people. And so this also I think characterizes the way in which Jesus spreads the gospel. Yes, he often is confrontational, especially with people that should know better, that have studied the scriptures, that have trying, have been trying to to follow the laws of the Lord but have turned into very selfish people. He but again, he is not forcing them. He's not knocking them over and saying, "Oh, on your knees and from this day on thou shalt obey me." No. He is asking questions, he tells stories, he he confronts them so that they can start thinking themselves and maybe change and some do and some don't some reject Jesus and they resent him for having called them out for having challenged them because they don't want to change it's very recognizable no one wants to change and Jesus is very patient because the free will of the people that he meets and that he calls that free will is beyond his reach it is outside of his area of control Our free will is a gift, an incredible gift that God has given us and that God never asks back. He's never going to overrule us and just reprogram us. The only thing that Jesus can do is to show how he is making choices and what he is doing and hopefully thereby influencing people. And with some apostles, it has taken a lot of time. Even Peter, after everything that he learned And many times, messes up, doesn't understand it, makes the wrong choices. But Jesus does not reject him, but waits for him, waits for him to come back. And it's at the very end of the gospel that Jesus has this talk with Peter. Peter, do you remember that I called you? Do you like me? Do you love me? Yeah, I like you, Jesus. But do you love me? I like you. Do you love me? Jesus you know i care for you well do what i ask you to do tend my sheep it is it's a plea some people say it's an order but jesus has no power over over even the free will of of peter but peter is making the choice himself he he knows that he has been impatient that he has made the wrong choices that he has been acting out of fear that he lacked courage and this encouragement by Jesus, like we love each other, right? You can do it. That is what helps him to, uh, from from that moment on, really take the lead and, and to even give his life for Jesus. I really had to learn this the hard way. Many times in my life as a priest, I tried to make people do what I would do, to try to force them to see what I saw. And I got super frustrated when they didn't see what I saw and they didn't do what I would do. The big mistake that I made was to think that these people that were in my sphere of influence were actually in my sphere of control. And what I should have done was to respect their freedom of choice, just as much as I would like to be respected in the choices that I made. And that is something that requires patience. And it requires faith. Faith that ultimately, I am not the one in control. I am not the savior of this world. He is. And when people don't do what you would like them to do, and even if you try to do anything you can to influence them, and they still make other choices... Stop worrying about that. It's no longer in your control. Maybe it was never in your control. And then hand it over. Let it go. And trust that God can work with broken instruments. And maybe that other person that I tried to force into my perspective actually was right. Maybe I was the one who was broken. Maybe I was the one who had the wrong vision. Only... God knows the bigger picture. He knows the big plan, and that is what I think I can learn from the Virgin Mary. There were so many times in her life that she didn't know what was going to happen or how things would would turn out. It's the first thing she says to the angel when she hears that she's to become the mother of, of the Messiah. How is this going to happen? And that question has always been part of her life. But instead of of protesting, instead of revolting, instead of saying, but, 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 listen to me, I see, I think we should do this and that, Mary keeps everything that happens in her heart and she says, let it be done according to your will. I am the servant of the Lord. I'm not in charge. I'm here to serve the bigger plan. If only we could all, we could all do that in our lives. I think... That would alleviate a lot of our stress, a lot of our frustration. Let go of the things that are outside of your control. Try to influence people by first doing yourself what you want others to do, and leave the rest to God. I try, but I still have a long way to go. Thanks for walking with me. Hope to see you next time, and take care. God bless.